0: Amen. Amen. Well, if you weren't here last week, we got salt vials. Make sure you grab one of those on the way out. We'll be talking about that in just a little bit. But keeping it salty, my friends, keeping it real salty. Um, We are in the middle of a conversation that is tied to really the prophetic word for this year, remnant. Remnant be being uncompromised people, that no matter what's going on in the world, we stay true to what we believe. We are uncompromised. We are a remnant of people. Amen. And so last week I, I launched that out and um, spoke it over our church. And um, essentially what Mark, or Matthew um, chapter 13, or chapter 5 is speaking about is, Uh, Jesus would say we're the light of the world. But on the back end of that, he also says we are the salt of the earth. And salt is a preservation mechanism. And essentially us as a people living in the principles of God are preserving uh, the truth of God's word here on this earth. And if we're uncompromised, what he says on the back end of there, what good is salt if it loses its saltiness, right? Isn't it thrown out is essentially what he says. And so for us to say salty, we got to stay uncompromised. We got to make sure we're not uncompromised in a culture that is far different uh, or it's been indoctrinated and uh, infiltrated by philosophies that are completely contrary to the antithesis, antithesis of our faith here today. So we jumped into that. And um, one of the things I was saying last week, just in, in recap, uh, you know, a, the greatest um, threat to a, a group of people that believe is compromise, right? And compromise is all about um, the world of compromise. Is 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 all about complacency and um you know easy. We just want it to be simple. We just want it to be easy, right? And the worst place we can be is Pearl Street Church or the Church of Jesus Christ at this moment in time in history. The worst place we can be is wishing to go back 50 years ago, 30 years ago, to when it was like we can just show up to church and we talk about Jesus at school and it's super cool, you know, and nobody's offended. I just wish we can go back there. That's not what we're living in here today, right? Uh, we're living in a world here today that if you say Jesus, it's contentious. They, they want to put something on you, right? It's the Orwellian society that we live in that John Orwell wrote about in the 1984 book, right? These are the very people that will say, stole the cookies and then blame you for stealing the cookies. And you're like, uh, don't even know what you're talking about. They got cookie crumbs all over their face. We're like, uh, I think you're the one that stole the cookies. But they're so jacked up in their belief system that they are just completely chaotic about their lifestyles, right? What is wrong is right. What is right is wrong. It's the world in which we live in here today just completely lost common sense, and uh, that's the Orwellian society that is coming to fruition that John Orwell wrote about uh, a long time ago. But he's got a book called 1984. Go ahead and read it. It's a good book. It'll bring some revelation if you're interested in that. Obviously, if you're just going with the flow, all good in the hood. Uh, just keep praying. That's all we need you to do. But. Um, Essentially, what we talked about last week is that if we're sitting here today wishing we can go back, then we're not going to trust God for what we need now. And the, Egyptian, or the, the Jewish people at that moment in time, whenever they were released out of Egypt after 400 years of, uh, of slavery, didn't start off bad, but it eventually got there when they forgot the goodness of who Joseph was and what he did for their people, especially in the famine they had in their land, then there was oppression on those people. So God would release them out of Egypt and they're praising God on the front end. For the first month, they're like, yes, Lord, they're singing praise songs. It's all good. They're like, yeah. But the moment they got into a place where they had to get a little push behind their belief in an almighty God, they started saying, you know, why did you bring us out here to kill us and starve us? We would just want to go back to Egypt whenever our pots were full. What were they saying? When it was easy. When it was just simple. We may have been in slavery. We may have been oppressed. It may not have been freedom, but at least our bellies were full. It was, it was easy. The last place we want to be is easy. We're not trying to go back. We're trying to move forward with Jesus Christ because the Spirit is alive and well here today to give us everything we need for life and godliness. The Spirit of God is living on the inside of us to confront any evil that we have inside of our society today, and there's miracles yet to happen on the other side of our faith. I'm ready to press in and see all that God wants to do in Jesus' name. So uh, we talked about that. How many of you guys have ever been in a place where uh, you had somebody in your life, Uh, Talk about man! I'm all in with you. We're gonna ride or die. You know, I'm on team with you. You ever had this before? I I don't know how they do it in sports. Like, it's the craziest thing. Once you get into like professional sports, because you have somebody that's on team one day and could get traded the next day. Right? They're on team, like ride or die. We got this thing, and then the next day they're not there. You're like, what's up, bro? Like we we rolling. I thought you were all in with me. You know, like we were gonna build this thing. We're gonna do this thing, and all of a sudden you're gone. Right? You committed. And now you're not committed, you're out of it, right? And the world in which we live in here today, this is exactly where, where Jesus has us. Like, hey, saved and redeemed. I'm your savior. You all in. You're like, the commitment we make when we come to Christ is we're gonna die to ourselves, we're gonna come alive in you. We're gonna lay down our lives and pick up our cross and we're gonna follow you. Because we're dead to ourselves now, right? And so this whole water baptism is exactly that. It's like we accept Jesus that you are the way, the truth, and life. Your truth is written out in your word. No longer are we calling the shots. You're calling the shots. We're just living according to your truth. So we get baptized, full baptism, submersion, and we come back up, washed, metaphorically speaking, washed, yes, in Jesus' name, but also spiritually speaking, all sin is gone in Jesus' name, Right? But we live in a culture today that wants to compromise on what exactly is going on here. We like the idea of our sin being gone, but we don't like the idea of Jesus being our Lord. Because it's, it's, we, we face the consequences of chaos, of sin. His word is true when it's the wages of sin is death. We've experienced that. So now we want salvation in Jesus, right? Temporary, but we raise back up and we have not repented of the sin, turned from it and fought, following Jesus. So we still are standing on our throne, the world in which we live in. What is, it comes back to a loyalty question. You said you were on the team whenever you gave your life to Christ, whenever we give our life to Christ. Now the commitment is no matter what happens outside of this world, I'm going to keep on being faithful. Yeah. Yeah. Right? If you wanted to take notes in here today? You can write this cross topic paper good and faithful, good and faithful. You know, uh, Back in the days of the Crusades, um, the Knights Templar is the, I think it was the Knights Templar was the army for uh, Catholicism. They're literally the the religious army for Catholicism. And and these Knights Templar, these soldiers, well, ultimately they would get baptized. And when they got baptized, they would hold their sword out of the water because they, I want to be baptized and saved, but there's things that I'm going to do with this sword that may not be of you, God. So I'm going to be partially saved. Essentially what they would say. And I'm afraid in our society today that some of us, some of us in our society today are doing exactly that except of holding a sword. We're holding other things out. Well, Jesus, you can be Lord of some of me, but not all of me. Some of me, not all of me. And we got to be careful in the society in which we're in because there's so much pressure around us to truly believe what we believe, truly stand for what we stand for. So much pressure to say, is that what you really believe? That if we're not careful in our society today, in the name of peace, we will compromise in our faith. In the name of peace, and I'm going to jump into that today, we're going to get all up in the trenches of this to bring some clarity because this argument that is out here in our society today is a straw man. It has no power, but it has the resemblance of power. And if we're not careful, we can lose sight of the power that we operate in, in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. So let's jump into this conversation today. Good and faithful. Good and faithful. I forgot to go over the initiatives. Dang it. 21 minutes. Um, We'll talk about it at the end. I'm just going to go straight into this. I'm like, uh, we're not holding back. All right, so um, number one, if you want to write this down, Jesus was clear in who he was. We're the ones in our culture today that are watering it down. Jesus was clear in who he was. We are the ones that are watering it down. Okay? So as we jump into this, uh, to this conversation today, uh, as as Christians, we will have to wise up in this world in which we live in here today because there are philosophies that are in the world that are, um, have been uh, infiltrated the, um, the academic systems of our society, the popular culture of our society, and they're, they're watering all of this stuff down. The truth about Jesus, it's all watered down. If you look inside of... Ravi Zacharias' book here, and there's a there's a couple other books out there. Christian apologists that are writing, uh, written over the past several years, but also writing now. I mean, I was, there's been Christian apologetics apologists for a long period of time, but um, these guys have been on the forefront. Ravi Zacharias just passed away this last year in 2020. Uh, but there's also a book that I just started reading called uh, "The Problem with Jesus" by Mark Clark. Mark Clark, Christian apologist. They're stepping into the realm of hard issues because of these philosophical ideas that are out there, relativism. We're going to talk about that in just a minute. These ideas that are contrary to absolute truth, right? Because if you can muddy all the waters then everything's muddy, but there's nothing muddy about the waters that Jesus spoke in. And what he spoke about. He was very clear on what he was speaking. So Robbie Zacharias in his introduction here, I think brings, it's going to bring us into a realm of understanding on what we are living in here today and the issues in which we are facing. And so I'm just going to jump head into it and I'm going to run and gun and we'll get to the end of this. And I think we're all going to be better for it. He says this in the introduction, philosophically, you can believe anything so long as you do not claim it to be true. Philosophically, you can claim that you believe anything so long as you do not claim it to be true. The world. This is the context in which we are living here today. He wrote this over 20 years ago. It is true here today. These guys think down the road, he is writing something that was very true then that now has infiltrated our entire society. So I, I, he's dead on here. Morally, you can practice anything so long as you do not claim it to be better, a better way, okay? Philosophically, that's you. Morally, don't claim it's better than anybody else, okay? Religiously, you can hold anything so long as you do not bring Jesus Christ into it. If a spiritual idea is Eastern, it is granted critical immunity. If Western, it is thoroughly criticized. Thus, a journalist can walk into a church and mock its carrying ons, but he or she dare not do the same if the ceremony is from an Eastern fold. Such is the mood at the end of the 20th century. A mood can be a dangerous state of mind because it can crush reason under the weight of feeling. But that is precisely what I believe postmodernism best represents, a mood, a feeling, catching feels. (laughs) Society is going to speak with the reality of what it is living in. I'm just catching feels. (laughs) It's all about feeling. It's all about mood. It's how you, 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 individual, I, 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 Jesus isn't Lord. They are. We are. Catching feels, catching moves. How does one in a mood such as this communicate the message of Jesus Christ in which truth and absoluteness are not only assumed, but also sustained? Catching feels? It's all about what you feel. But how are you a Christian in a society that's all about feels when Jesus is absolute? Oh, darn, getting, it's getting real. It's getting real, real. The reality is that if religion is to be treated with intellectual respect, then it must stand the, tr- the test of truth, regardless of the mood of the day. He says in here, this book is a defense of the uniqueness of a, the Christian message. Let me tell you, Christians should have no fear about the truth in which we stand upon. It'll stand firm against any philosophy that's in this world. Jesus, who He was, and the validity around his life and all the accounts about Jesus, whether it was secular or whether it was sacred, it speaks of Jesus being who He said He was. We stand on firm ground, no matter what the world says. I want to bring some, some courage to some people in the environment today that you've given in to an idea that Jesus is all about peace and, and peace on earth, and, and you know, you, you should just back down in the sake of peace. And, and don't say that, it's too offensive. We'll get into that in point number two here today on what Jesus came to do. But he says this, and it'll bring some clarity in here. We can be worldviews apart without anger and offense worldview. This is how we view the world and how it should operate. That is our worldview. We look through a worldview, a Christian worldview. The worldview in which we look through is God is supreme. He's created it all. He sent his son, Jesus Christ, to deal with the sin issue. There's only one way to heaven. That is through his son, Jesus Christ. He took the remission of our sins when he died upon the cross. Now we operate through the blood of Jesus Christ to walk in righteousness of God. That's it. That's truth right there. That is truth. That is our Christian worldview. There's only one way to heaven. There's not 30 different ways. There's not your way and my way, and it all ends in the same place. There's one way, and his name is Jesus Christ. So he goes on to say we can be worldviews apart without anger and offense. Okay? So this is our, we have a view. What is clear, you got a different view. The world can have a different view. Your professor at your college can have a different world view. But we don't have to get angry and we don't have to be offended. Offended? You offended me. Hate speech. You said there's only one way to eternal life? That's so hateful. Catch and feels. Right? Catch and feels. You know who catches a lot of feels? My 2-year-old right now. <laughs> Cuz she doesn't know any better. Right? That's catching fields. That's immaturity. we got to raise a generation to wise up. You can believe what you want to believe, but I'm going to tell you what the truth is. Because this truth has existed long before your truth. Amen. Yeah, just a few. All good. What I believe, I believe very seriously, he goes on to say, and if it is because of this that I write, he writes this book, by equal measure, anything to the contrary, I must question. And we should do the same. We shouldn't stand on anything that's flimsy. We should stand on the truth, right? And be strong in that and test it against everything else. He goes on to say, my earnest prayer is that when you read this, you will make judgment of the Christian message based on truth, not the mood of our times. Moods change, truth does not. Moods change, truth does not. Moods change, truth does not. You know, when you read stories in the Bible, I was joking about this with somebody through Texas past week. I think it was our accountant. Um, and, and and we, I was joking that we, you can read stories in the Bible that happened over hundreds of years, but it took you 10 minutes to read. And you're like, Oh man, I want that type of faith, man. Well, you weren't in the first generation that were operating in faith, but never saw the reality of it. You, you may be in the fifth generation or you may be in the first generation that's just pressing through and just operating faith. The, the, The fathers of our faith, They didn't see the promise of Jesus Christ. They never witnessed the goodness of who Jesus was, but yet they still had faith. So we got to get out of the feels deal, and we're going to talk about this in May. All of May is going to be tied into a clear belief system that drives our values, that our values drives our actions. I'm going to go deep, hard in the paint theologically, doctrinally, this is how we operate. We've got two more months before we get there, and I can't do it in this one message. There's a lot to all of this stuff. But I'm going hard in the pain on the lies of the enemy that's operating in our world today, and it's coming straight off of college campuses and the indoctrination mechanism that they are using in order to undermine truth, preaching relativism, hate speech. It's crazy. It's crazy. So relativism, let's just talk about relativism. What is relativism? Relativism is a theory that knowledge is relative to the limited nature of the mind and the conditions of knowing. It's relative to an individual's and the conditions of the mind. It's not absolute. It goes on to say this. You can, you can kind of say it this way, explanation of it. Different strokes for different folks. Different strokes, different folks, your truth, not my truth, but your truth, your truth, different strokes, different folks, what well, we wrote, might be the simplest and least controversial expression of relativism, the idea that what's good or bad, right or wrong, or true or false can be different from, for different people. Yet relativism not only uh, is not only controversial, but right at the heart of some of the most divisive issues of our day issues like whether evolution or creationism should be taught in schools or whether the United Nation has the right to censor China for human rights abuses, the answers to these questions depend on what you believe about relativism. So our culture can say, so this is where you're on very shifty ground and you'll hear me say it inside of here. Truth has to be universal. There's gotta be a common belief between all of us That something is an absolute truth so that we run to that truth because the shifty ground is truth then is in the hands of the moment that Hitler got control over all of Germany. It's what Hitler said was truth and not what the common person said was truth. It's in the hand of individuals, as opposed to a philosophy that has been vetted by a group of people that we commonly believe that. And the moment that somebody comes against that in power, we rise up and say, not in our country. Make sense? If we don't agree on what truth is, and it's just relative, your truth not my truth. and blah, blah. We're in America. If we're Christians, we should say the truth of Jesus's word should be lived out in our political systems. Why? Because there's a decision being made that's killing babies in the wombs of women, and that goes against our belief system. So we should not allow that to happen inside of our society, no matter how demonic somebody is when they're saying it should be a woman's choice. Okay. All good. Preach. preach. Yeah. Preach. Should preach. But we're living in a world of relativism. Relativism. Your truth is my truth. It's what I want to do. You know, all good. It's a crazy world in which we live in. But let me tell you, shots fired. We're living in a culture today that we can't desire the days of yesterday. We got to live in the here and now. These are real things that we are facing here today as a society. Either we will rise up or we will back down. Either we will stand firm or we will compromise. Either we will be bold or we'll be quiet. Number one, if you want to write it down, Jesus was clear. We have watered it down. Jesus was clear on who he was. We have watered it down. This society is trying to water down the truth. In John 14, I alluded to it last week, but I'm just gonna, I'll say it and speak it in, in, in its context of the word here today in John 14. Verse number one says, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust in me. There is more than enough room in my father's house. If there were not so, would I, uh, would I have told you that I am going to prepare a place for you? When everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will be all, you always be with me where I am and you know the way to where I am going. Jesus says this to his disciples. Thomas, oh, Thomas, would say, no, we don't know. We have no idea where you are going. So how can we know the way? Jesus was saying, in verse number six, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. If you have really known me, you would know who my Father is. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. He's saying it right here. You've seen it in me. He said he is the way, the truth, and the life. The claims that he is making inside of here is one, he is the only way that you get to God. He is the only way that humanity gets to heaven. It is through him. He is saying that God is the authority and the only way we find meaning in life is when we come to him. This is a key thing that I'm gonna bring out in, in May. If we don't know why we exist, we will live for anything. The moment you come to clarity on why do we exist here on this earth? It is not by the way your parents defined it. It is by the truth of God's word that's been here for thousands of years. God raining down to humanity to say, this is the meaning of life and put your life behind its meaning. I'll talk about it. We're going to talk about it in May. I won't preach it now. But once you find meaning to life, it'll bring clarity to everything else on how you live. He also reveals in here, he reveals himself as the son of God who led the way to the, or was leading the way to the father. He's revealing that. We can also know God personally, he is saying in here, and the absolute nature of his truth. We're not just here to worship some God that's far up. We're here to personally know our savior. We're here to personally know our creator. It's what we get, right? And so when we get into these these absolute truths, oh man, we know Jesus. We gotta be very careful not to compromise as we talked about. The world wants us to water it down. Water this message down of truth. He was clear on who he was, but don't say who he uh, was if you're a Christian because that's hate speech or that's divisive or whatever it may be. But Jesus talked about, we, we highlighted it last week, that when seeds of faith hit our heart, we will face three different things that want to compromise it. The first one that he talked about, the seed that hit the footpath, is the evil one will come and snatch it away before that seed is planted inside of your heart. The evil one is after us in order to take this seed of faith away. If you are new to faith, understand the enemy is coming after you. He wants to snatch your faith away in Jesus Christ so that you can keep on being your Lord and facing the consequences of, of sin. That's what he wants to do. The second thing is he lands on rocky soil and he says this, people fall away as soon as they have problems, problems inside of life. We talked about this two weeks ago. We're built to last. Problems are coming. The beautiful thing is the problems that we face in life should be a great joy. The very very thing that we celebrate that pushes us forward inside of our faith. So one is problems. People fall away because of problems. Problems are going to come as a part of life. It's not God's fault, it's life. Or the second thing is you're persecuted for believing God's word. Oh, this is the one we're living in here today. A whole lot of people in our culture today are being persecuted. The moment that the word comes out, you're hateful because you believe there's one way to God through Jesus Christ. What about these people over here that believe this and they believe that? You're hateful. That's, that's crazy talk right there. So the pressure around your belief, now people, this is the world in which we're living in right here. There's pressure for believing. The other one is among thorns. All too quickly, the message is crowded out by the worries of life and the lure of wealth. Worries of life. Oh, so many things to do. I can't serve God anymore. And it's ripped away. The world in which we live in, we got to be very careful. Once we commit to Christ, we're saying, You are Lord. We pick up our cross, we follow Jesus, we die to ourselves. Now, from here on out, it's about being faithful. We're staying faithful to his word. We're not backing down. It doesn't matter what comes. Trials may come. Pressure may come. Worry may come. But we keep on praying through it. We keep on speaking boldly about it. We keep on living life. We're not going to back down, right? Jesus was clear. We don't want to water this stuff down. We want to keep on speaking it as it is. Tell it like it is. The truth will set us free. It'll set the world free, right? The lies of the enemy. Man, when people come to you and say, man, you're hateful for saying that. Like, no, I am loving for saying that because I am giving you the truth of what is real. It would be be hateful for me not to know the way and not tell you the way. So don't tell me I'm hateful because I didn't say I'm hateful. You're the one that called me hateful. So let me just tell you you're hateful for calling me hateful. Let's say that. How about we say that? Let me throw back on you what you threw on me. I'm not hateful. You're hateful. So please don't come at me with your whatever. Whatever. I believe what I believe, and I'm going to share what I believe. I'm going to keep on talking about Jesus. Cool? All good in the hood, right? So we should be that in our workplaces. We should not be backing down. Let me just tell you, if you're a millennial inside of here, this is the courage you need to get on the inside of your life. It's the faith you need to rise up with. It's the truth you need to be standing upon. As I say it around here, you got to get that hymnal. You got to get that hymnal inside of you. That that one hymnal that says, uh, that hits my spirit every once in a while, that, uh, on Christ the solid rock I stand, all other... All what? All other ground is sinking. There you go. All other ground is sinking. I got the lyrics right here. I should have just looked at them. Was it my hope is built in nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness? I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand, all other ground is sinking sand. That's the truth right there. It was written in like 1700s, but that's the truth right there. All other ground is sinking. You want to put your life on that, then you're going to fall, uh, to the, you're going to fall every single time that a, a wind comes or a storm comes or a challenge comes or a new philosophy in society rises up. But when you're standing on Jesus Christ and the truth of his word, all good. Yeah. Let's go. You're standing on truth and the truth sets us free. It sets us free. We shouldn't back down. Now let's let's wade into some more waters here, okay? I I got two minutes. Let's wade into some more waters here. Yeah, I got two minutes. Okay, Uh, the, the second one is this. You gotta lose life to find it. Lose life to find it. Matthew 10, Jesus steps into this. And I mean, this is getting really real. I'll talk about it on the back end because there's got to be understanding with this. But Jesus says this, and he's very clear about it. So if you're a Christian inside of here that has professed your allegiance, your loyalty towards Jesus Christ and this message, what you are saying now is that you're going to acknowledge him here on this earth. As I said last week, this is not meant to be personal it's not you can have your faith and you can keep it quiet. Jesus says this, everyone who acknowledged me publicly on earth, I will acknowledge the, um, I will also acknowledge before my father in heaven. Woo. If you acknowledge me here on this earth and when you get to heaven, I'm going to say, they let, they let the world know about me. But come on, you got to get that butt on it. But everyone who denies me here on earth I will also deny before my father in heaven. Oh, do you know Jesus? Well, you know, not to be divisive. I don't, I don't know who he is. What do you mean? No, not me. That was Jerry, not me. He's not gonna acknowledge. Those that acknowledge will be acknowledged in heaven. Those that don't will not be in heaven. He says this, verse number 34, this steps wades into the waters. And this is getting real. Come on, I know, feel the tension, feel the pressure. Even me as a pastor, I'm like, oh, verse number 34. Don't imagine that I came to bring peace to the earth. What? Peace and love, Jesus. There's so many people that want the peace and love, Jesus. They're like smoking pot. Hey, Jesus my my homeboy, dude. No, he ain't your homeboy. He ain't your homeboy. He's your savior. He is your Lord. That's what he is. He is your leader. That's what he is. Come on. Let's not lower him down to like, I can just kick it with him. You know what I mean? You can kick it with him, but he is our shepherd. He is our Lord. He is our savior. We don't want to lower him down to our ideas. We want to elevate him to who he is. He is the Messiah of the world. He says, don't get it twisted here. I did not come to bring peace to the earth. I didn't come bring to peace bring peace. What I've come to do, these is I've came not to bring peace, but a sword. What do we talk about? The sword of truth. I've come to bring the sword of truth. This is truth. Now you got you can't look in the context of today in the world in which we live in. The world in which he lived in, this truth was completely different than the truth in which they lived in at that moment in time. Amen. In Jesus' name. Completely different than the truth they lived in at that moment in time. So what is he saying? He goes on in here. He says, I have come to set a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. Your enemies will be right in your own household. Now, this is the tension here. That's tension. I didn't come to bring peace. I came to bring a sword of truth. Right? Uh... I'm going to set a son against a father and a father against a son, a daughter against a mother and a daughter-in-law against a mother-in-law. Your enemies will be right in your own household. Verse 37, if you love your father or mother more than you love me, you are not worthy of being mine. Or if you love your son or daughter more than me, you are not worthy of being mine. Verse 38, if you refuse to take up your cross and follow me, you are not worthy of being mine. If you cling to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for me, you will find it. Okay, so let's get into the trenches here. I didn't come to bring peace. I'm not here to bring peace on earth. I'm bringing truth. And what's the deal about truth? Your truth is your truth. My truth is my truth, but the truth is the truth. And whenever you come with a different truth than my truth, I may get a little offended by that. How is it that the world in which we live in here today, that gets so, oh, what did you say about Jesus? He ain't the only one. Why are they so hateful? Why are they so angry? Why are they so, because it's a different truth. They scared too in Jesus' name. They are. They know the power that's in Jesus' name. So Jesus is like, I'm not coming to bring peace. I know by the very nature of speaking truth, it divides people. And the division may even be in your own household because there was individuals that were devout Jews at that moment in time that were coming to know Jesus Christ. And that very thought, the Jews killed Jesus. And how creative they can be in their language to tell you how loving that they are towards the world in peace and love. They're working on the other, other end against the very truth of Jesus Christ. It's just packaged in a cute package. When you open it up, it still is not, I have words for it, but it's not truth. It's garbage, we'll just say it that way. I got creative language for it, it's garbage. It's packaged nicely, but it's still garbage. It's still trash. It's still empty. It's still hopeless. It's just packaged very, very nicely. And it's talked about very, very well. You ever been to a restaurant where they go through the whole It's this and blah, 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 this glaze on it. And you get it and you're like, what in the world is this? You eat it and you're like, oh, this is horrible. <laughs> they said it was really good. You got really hungry and then you actually tasted it and you realized that it was not good. Jesus says, taste, see that it's good. Taste and see that it's good. Why? Because he knows who he is. Taste and see who it is. Taste and see that it is good. You got to lose life to find life. He says, you got to take up your cross. You got to follow me. Verse number 40, he says, anyone who receives you receives me. And anyone who receives me receives the father who sent me. If you refuse a prophet as one who speaks for God, you will be given the same reward as a prophet. Or if you receive a prophet as one who speaks uh, for God, you will be given the same reward as a prophet. And if you receive righteous people because of their righteousness, you will be given a reward like theirs. And if you give even a cup of water to one of the least of my followers, you will surely be rewarded. Please, Christians inside of here, discern the difference between people who are following Jesus and those that have the appearance of spiritualness receive people that are following Jesus and speaking truth so that you can receive the blessing that comes with it, as opposed to receiving everybody that seems spiritual and receiving the chaos that comes with them. You have got to be able to distinguish what is truth. The crazy thing about this world in which we live in here today, that the very people that are sitting in churches today is as pastors begin to rise up and speak truth that is contrary to the cultural truth, the very sheep within will be the very ones that come against the shepherd. Know who's speaking truth. The last thing I'll leave you with, and if you don't know who's speaking truth, then maybe you got to jump into John 15 and you got to get into a place where you are in the grapevine. As number three, you want to write it, remain in me and he will remain in us, remain in him and he will remain in us, remain in him and he will remain in us. John 15, go read it this next week, but he says in here, I am the true grapevine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit and he prunes the branches that do not bear fruit so they will produce even more. You have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. What does he say? Remain in me and I will remain in you for a branch cannot produce fruit. If it is severed from the vine and you cannot be uh, fruitful unless you remain in me. He goes on to say, remain, 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 remain. What is he saying in here? Remaining is faithfulness. With all the chaos in the world, whatever's going on in your life, remain in him. Remain connected to the vine. Remain connected to Jesus. We talk about this oftentimes, get in your prayer time and pray, all of that, yes. But the main thing in here is, if you are disconnected from Jesus, you are connected to something else. And if you're connected to something else, you're not even gonna recognize the voice of Jesus as we talked about last week, the good shepherd. And you're not gonna know the voice of those that are speaking truth because you are not living in the truth. So do do not try to be the person that's calling out like Christians and pastors for speaking truth when you yourself are not living in the truth. There's all these like I got my platform on social media so I'm going to put my own two cents out here. Chaotic people sharing chaotic ideas against people that God has called to lead. Cool thing is I don't give a rip. I don't care. I kind of like it actually, because it brings some texture to it. I'm like, yeah. We got pray in the spirit right now. Let's pray in the spirit right now. It don't matter to me. We got pray for somebody in Jesus' name. Let's pray for him in Jesus' name. Oh, you don't think this is real? All good in the hood. We're gonna show you that it's real. Good. All good. Because if it's not, we'll back down. All good. And we'll go. I can go play pickleball on Sundays. You know. It's a straw man. These arguments are straw men. The world wants you to believe it's got some power. Fear, it's a straw man. I heard this story yesterday of an individual, 60-year-old woman. Her husband hired an individual to come into their house and kill her. She went into her house. She just got the mail. She was sitting there. She looked in a room that just looked off, and all of a sudden, this man appeared with a hammer. What would you do? Most people would run. If you're packing in Texas, thank God for Texas, we're packing. <laughs> we're shooting. Yeah, more than like it, we're shooting second amendment. Get some, baby. <laughs> Crazy philosophies out there, man. These guys Looney Tunes. Why is it? They want to take, and I'll just speak on that for a second. They, the culture in which we live in wants to be the answer to the world's problems rather than the truth of God's word to be the answer to the problems. So rather than cultivating environments and and cutting kids off from the chaos in which this world can operate through the internet and games, we'd much rather say, just let them experience that, experience chaos in their older life. And then we got them with some pills. I'm like, no, the truth of God's word... Let's not allow this chaos to operate in young people's minds. Let's get this off of the airways. Let's get it off of the internet. Let's get it off of the video games. Let's censor them until they're of age when they can actually comprehend. There was a time in which that operated inside of our society where kids stayed innocent for much longer rather than eight years old being exposed to pornography. Are you kidding me? come on, I can go to town on all this stuff. This is the chaos in the world which, which we live in. Relativism is like, no, nah, just let them have it and then we'll be the solution. That is a welfare state. That is a dependence right there. It's all about the government. We want freedom in Jesus' name because of Jesus Christ and freedom to do what we want in this country, amen. It's freedom. So back to what I was saying. Okay, so this woman, guy was hired, comes out. What would you do? You might run. Not her. She ran after, ran after the guy, Vroom, bum rushed him threw him up against the wall, had him in a chokehold. The only thing that he uttered in this is, man, you're strong. Those are the last words he said before he's lost his life. I'll tell you today, this world, these philosophies, these ideas of relativism and everything else that they're throwing out there has no power to stand against the name of Jesus Christ. What am I saying today? When you feel this fear rise up on the inside of you where the world is like, you don't share that stuff, run after it. It has no power. Greater is he who lives on the inside of us than he who is in the world. Jesus conquered death, hell, and the grave on the cross. The same power that lives in us is the same power that conquered death, hell, and the grave. The power is in us through Jesus Christ. It's a straw man. Run after that stuff. If somebody says you're hateful, you're this, your belief system's that, run after it. Be like, hey, let's have a conversation. Let's not back down from that. Let's have a conversation. Let me tell you about my Jesus. He's not hateful. He is loving. Let me tell you about my life. I'm not hateful. I am loving. I just have a specific belief system in which I live in. It encompasses my values. And because of my values, I operate in certain actions in my life. And so I want people to know about this truth. I'm not hateful. Don't put that on me. That's on you. So don't back down from these crazy ideas out there. Run after them. Run after the enemy and be like, nah, 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 sucker. And let him utter, you're powerful. Yeah, I am in Jesus' name. I'm powerful. And let it be the last words to the individuals or whoever operate to speak against the truth being lived out in our lives. He did not come to bring peace, but let me tell you, he didn't come to bring war. But the moment that it is divisive that somebody is offended and they're trying to bring physical action, man, we got to be careful in that world. That's when it gets tensious. And we got to be careful that we don't get caught up in We want to operate by the Spirit, love, peace, patience, kindness. you got to know it's going to be a hateful world in which we live in, especially with the nature of the culture we live in today. What Jesus says in Matthew 25, right before he talks about the sheep and the goats, when he comes back, the good and faithful servants is what he talks about. Jesus isn't coming back for the good and popular. He's not coming back for the good and uh, uh, woke people. He's not coming back for the good and rich. He's not coming back for the good and Wealthy, He's not coming back for the good and good. He's coming back for the good and faithful. Those that took and invested. Those that took it and stood for it. He's coming back for the good and faithful servants. It's time to bring faithful back in our society today. For every Christian that you know, it's time to bring good and faithful back. We're bringing faithful back in Jesus' name. Not bringing sexy back like Justin Timberlake. We're bringing faithful back. Amen. Good and faithful. He's looking for good and faithful servants, uncompromised. Good and faithful servants. Amen. Let's be good and faithful. Let's hear those words whenever we get to heaven. Good and faithful. Let's pray. God, we love you, Lord. We thank you for your goodness in our lives. Father, I pray today that where there is fear that has stricken our lives, Father, to stand up and and speak what we believe. God, when there's so much confusion in our society, Lord, where there's false accusation that's coming from the accuser of the brethren, Satan himself, may we not get caught up in the confusion and the chaos, but Lord, may we rise up in wisdom and keep on speaking truth. Father, may we have the faith to believe for the miraculous. May we have the faith to pray for the miraculous right amongst us. God, if a revival has got to break out right in the middle of our workplace, let it be in Jesus' name. If you must show yourself to be so real to the unbelievers around me, do it however you want, Jesus. We want to see heaven lived out right here on this earth. We want to be a part of it. We want to be the change agents for our society. We want to be the remnant of individuals uncompromised. Lord, to keep on speaking truth, no matter what the cost. In your name we pray, Jesus, and everybody says, amen, and amen, and amen, and amen, amen.